Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, and thank you, everyone, for joining us today for conversations and support for targeted individuals. Today is Sunday, May 14th, 2017. And I'm your host, Renata. Guess what today is? Today is a very, very special day for all the mothers out there that sacrifice for their children, for their families, especially the targeted mothers who have a lot that they're carrying on their shoulders, trying to hide the pain, the frustration that they're going through, Keep a smile on your face. Try to make sure your children don't see the pain. It's a lot to carry as a targeted mother. So I salute all of you targeted mothers today. Okay. And even if you're not targeted, salute mothers in general. It's a big it's a big job to be a mom. It's a big job to be a parent. But we're talking about mothers to mothers today. So it's a big job to be a mom. It's a serious responsibility. It does not end at the age of 18. I have an adult child, and I'm still his mommy. (laughs) Actually, he's a mama's boy, but I'm still his mom. You still worry about your children just as you did when they were born, just as you did when they were in elementary school, middle school, and high school. You still worry about them. You still care about them. You still want the best for them. You still want to help them through their life's difficulties. You're still there for them. No matter how old they are, they are still your children. You still feel for them when they're going through difficult things, especially if your children are targeted. It it hurts even more. So happy Mother's Day to all you mothers. Okay, um, let's see. Let me go back over to my screen here. See if anybody wants to open us up in prayer. Star 8, if you'd like to open us up in prayer. Star 8. Or read a scripture. Okay. Heavenly Father, most high God, in the name of Jesus, we just come before you, Lord, thanking you for another opportunity for us to gather in your name, Lord. We invite your presence in our midst today, Lord. We ask your Holy Spirit to to join us on this call, to guide us into all truth, Lord. You said the truth will set us free, and we desire to be free, Lord. You said who the Son set free is free indeed, and we walk in that freedom, Lord. We choose freedom. We choose you, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for everything that you're teaching us on this call. We thank you for all of your guidance. We thank you for all of the strength that you have afforded us, Lord, because we know that we have no strength on our own, Lord. So we put our hands in your hand, Lord, and we ask you to continue to strengthen us, continue to give us wisdom, continue to guide us, continue to help us, Lord, to walk in your marvelous light. 
Your word said that you will strengthen us, Lord, that you will help us, Lord, that you would uphold us with your right hand of righteousness, Lord. And we lean on that, Lord. You told us to lean not to our own understanding, but in all of our ways, Lord, if we acknowledge you, that you would direct our path, Lord, and we see that direction in our life, Lord. It's becoming clearer and clearer every step of the way, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we don't lean to our understanding because we do not understand, Lord. We don't understand all the persecution, Lord, but they persecuted you before they persecuted us, and you said that we had to partake in your suffering, Lord. So we take that on, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for choosing us to partake in your suffering, Lord, because we know that you won't give us more than we can bear. We know, Lord, that everything you put before us, Lord, you're going to help us through it. You're going to grow us through it, Lord, and you're going to use us, Lord, as vessels, Lord, to help someone else, Lord. So we thank you, Lord, for the victory over every circumstance, no matter what it looks like, Lord. It doesn't matter because we don't lean to our own understanding, Lord. We walk out on faith, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for those leaps of faith, Lord, every single day. We thank you for those baby steps that we take, Lord, that turn into something bigger, Lord. They manifest just the way you want them to manifest in our life. And we thank you so much, Lord. I'm lifting up every single person, Lord, who comes to this call, and I'm thanking you, Lord, for each and every one of them because it is not by mistake that we are all here together, Lord. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you for each and every person that you sent to this call. I thank you for each and every person that listens to the archives, Lord. I ask you to meet their every single need according to your riches and glory, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for all the mothers today, Lord. I ask you to to bless each and every one of them. I thank God that there is a a day set aside, Lord, to honor our mothers, Lord. You said to honor our mothers and our fathers, Lord, that we may live long, Lord. So I ask you to to just um, just give them a special blessing, Lord. Give them comfort. Give them peace in the midst of all these storms that we go through, Lord. Uh, touch every mother who has been robbed of their relationships with their children at the hands of this program, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord, for just giving them that peace, Lord, that they need to just get through another day. We cancel the, de- uh, the the assignment of the devil right now. We cancel every single fiery dart that Satan tries to send our way, Lord. We come against all forms of mind control, all forms of abuse, all forms of stalking, all forms of electronic harassment. We come against it in your mighty name, Lord. And we thank you for the victory in everything. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All righty. Does anyone have a scripture? Let me go back over here. Star eight. If you have a scripture, star eight. I forgot. I think last week I said this call wouldn't happen, so we may not have very many people with us. Turns out I'm going to start celebrating Mother's Day at uh, at the end of this call. So I was able to do the call, but a lot of people may not know that. But that's okay. Everybody who's here, that's who's supposed to be here. Okay. Start eight if you have a scripture. If not, I have one. Okay. Um, The scripture is going to come from Luke 11, verses 1 through 4. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. 
as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for also forgive everyone that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, for some reason, this scripture has been on my mind literally every day last week, all the way up until now. So I said I need to I need to talk about the scripture because this scripture has really been sitting with me. Um, and this is actually a prayer. Uh, it's pretty popular with the Catholics. They pray this prayer a lot, or at least they used to. I don't know about now. Um, the first thing that sticks out for me is teach us to pray. Um, how do we pray? We pray. We ask for repentance. We need to repent. For those who, who don't know the difference between um, forgiveness, Lord, forgive me, and actually repenting, the difference is repentance is saying, Lord, I want to turn against that thing. Whatever that is, I want to turn against that. If I know that I did something to harm my fellow brother, fellow sister, and I know I was wrong, I need to say, Lord, I repent. That means, Lord, I don't want to do that again. It's different from just saying, forgive me. Okay, forgive me, Lord, I made a mistake. And saying, Lord, I repent. I don't want to do that ever again. I want to I want to be righteous in your sight. I don't want to do it. I want to turn away from that thing. And I don't want to do it ever again. Okay, so that's 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 one of the ways we need to pray. So we need to ask for forgiveness. We need to show gratitude. We need to be thankful. I try to thank the Lord because he's blessed me in so many ways. Thank him for his grace. Thank him for his his uh, his support, him getting us through everything that we get through. Thank him for his wisdom. Thank him for the people he put in our path. Thank him, thank him, thank him. There's so much to be thankful for. Also, I have to be honest. I have to sometimes tell myself, Lord, I repent because I can get stuck on, as my pastor used to say, me, my husband, my kids, us four, and no more, okay? We can get stuck there sometimes, just praying for ourselves and our little family, you know? And I have to repent for that because I'm telling you, sometimes my heart is so heavy burdened that I'm just on me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just keeping it real, being honest. So I have to make a conscious effort to say, no, you have to pray for other people. You even have to pray for those people who are doing you wrong. The Bible tells us to pray for our enemies. That's hard for some people to do, but we have to do that because God forgave us. So who are we not to forgive? And forgiveness, to me, it doesn't mean I have to deal with you, I have to be around you. It just means I'm not holding it in my heart. Whatever you did, I'm releasing that to God. Vengeance is his. He will repay. I'm giving it to him. I'm giving that whole situation to him. That's what it means to me to pray for your enemies. The Bible tells us to pray for those who despitefully use us. So um, read your word. It tells you how to pray. Um, Also, it says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so on earth. Thy will, the Lord's will, 
Not what Renata wants, not what Renata thinks she deserves, not what Renata thinks she should have. God's will be done. That's how we should pray. Lord, let your will be done in my life. Even if it makes me uncomfortable, even if I don't like it, even if I don't agree, even if I really, 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 really want a certain thing, God knows what's best for us. Let his will be done. Stay on his path for your life. Okay? Uh, Verse 3 says, give us this day our daily bread. Daily bread. You know what that is? That's the word of God. Are you getting your daily bread every day? If you don't have a Bible, you should have one. You can get them very cheap. There are places who will give you a Bible. But also, you can go to BibleGateway.com, and I'm sure there are other websites. Get your daily bread. You cannot live the word if you don't know the word. The Bible tells us to hide the word in our hearts that we might not sin against the Lord. Do you know that there's going to come a day where you're not going to be able to get to a Bible? You're going to be persecuted and killed because you have a Bible. It's already like that in some countries, and it's going to be like that here. So hide that word in your heart. You have to get your daily bread. That is your spiritual food. We have this body. That is our physical man, the skin that we're wrapped in, and then we have a spirit man. There's a man in there that has to be kept alive, just like we're keeping this physical body alive with food and water and whatever. That spirit man needs food too. And the scripture tells us that that food that fuels that spirit man, that's our daily bread. Eat it every day. Eat that word every single day. Try to read a couple scriptures a day. Try to read a chapter a day. Get your daily bread. You have to get it. That's what's going to get us through all these trials and these tribulations that we go through. That word is going to come back to minister to us when we need it. The Holy Spirit is going to minister to us. But if you don't have it in you, it's not going to come out of you. And you'd be surprised. You may feel like, oh, my gosh, I can't remember any of these scriptures. Don't even try. They'll come to you when you need it. Believe me, they will. They'll come to you. Okay, so get your daily bread. Uh, Forgive us for our sins, for we also forgive everyone that's indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You got to believe that God's going to deliver us from this evil. You got to believe this evil, the Bible tells us, is, is, is forever present. It's going to be there but he's going to deliver us from it. In other words, it can be happening all around us, but it's not going to penetrate in us. We're never going to give in to this satanic system. I'm not, and you're not. So we will be delivered from this evil, okay? Amen. Amen. Okay. Hang on, you guys. I'll make sure I'm connected. All right, let me see. Uh, Welcome to anyone who's new to this call. I know I invited a couple people over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Someone's said that they could not get in on a call, but I think she was 
I think she was very early, so she probably didn't know the the times because she's never been here before. So hopefully she'll join us. Um, so welcome, welcome, and again a very happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Um, I hope that this call exceeds whatever you came here for. Whatever you came for, I hope you get it, and then some. I hope you get good information. I hope you get the support that you need. The premise of this call is for support because most TIs are not supported anywhere, not supported with family, not supported with friends, feel like that this is a um, secret that they have to keep. Some people feel ashamed. There's nothing for you to be ashamed of, nothing. So I hope nobody feels that way. Um, So come here and process, you know. You get a couple of minutes to say whatever's on your mind, so say that if you feel strong enough to do that. Some people never talk. They just listen. Okay. Um, Some people used to not talk, but they talk now. So hopefully if you have something on your mind, I hope you feel that this is a supportive enough and nurturing enough environment for you to feel comfortable to say whatever you have to say. And another thing about that is whatever's on your mind, it's not wrong. You know, it's not wrong. There's nothing wrong with how you feel. If there's a conversation going on and you don't agree, feel free to say that too. You don't have to agree with me. You don't have to agree with anybody here. You are who you are, you know, and your opinion is respected here. As long as everybody keeps it respectable and, you know, the only thing that I have a problem with is Satanists. I just don't do the Satanists. So, you know, if you come with that kind of talk, you will be muted. But other than that, you know, you say what you want to say. Oh, and the racist thing. I don't like that either. But other than that, you say what you need to say, and I hope that you feel comfortable in doing that because that's how we learn to grow and that's how we move forward, I believe, by processing what's on our mind because if we keep all this um, bottled up, it can turn into something not good, okay? So we're here to share information, to support one another, and to process what's going on with us because we understand. We're not going to think you're weird. We're not going to think you're crazy. We're not going to think it's too far out um, because we're going through it ourselves, maybe in a different way, but we're going through it ourselves. Uh, Also, this will be, and I really hate to say this, but this is how I'm feeling today, (laughs) that this will be the last call for the month of May because I'm I'm tired, to be honest, and I want to kind of um, allow the Lord to give me some fresh new ideas, I'm hoping. Um, and I just need a little break. I did take one last year when we went on vacation. I think that was July. Yeah, that was the end of June, July. Um, but a lot's going on. A lot's going on, and I just feel like I need a little break. I want to spend um, a couple of entire Sundays with my family because I have not done that in a long, long time. Just spend the entire day with them, and you know you have to nurture your family as well. So I wanna, I wanna do that. So for this will be the call, the last call for the month of May, and then we'll come back the uh, the first Sunday in June. That's how I'm feeling today. <laughs> but when I do this call, I miss this call. I really do. So, uh, you know, if you see an email, if there will be a call, you will get an email. And if you are not on my email distribution, please send me an email and tell me to put you on the distribution, and I will, because I send out a 
a notification about this call every Saturday. I try sometimes Sunday morning. Um, but my email address is R-E-M-U, the number two, at hotmail.com. So if you would like to be on the distribution so you know what's going on, then please let me know. All right, that is it there. It's been a lot going on in my life. Um, I don't know if you guys watch my YouTube videos, but it's been a lot going on. Someone left me a very, very racist um, voicemail. It was a, a song. I later found out that that was a Ku Klux Klan song. Someone told me our old slavery song that the Ku Klux Klan used. Um, and it was just saying the N-word over and over and over and talking about taking people in the back of the barn and doing this and doing that. Oh, it was just ridiculous. So I um, made a video because I didn't listen to it. I, I heard the first N-word and I, you know, shut it down and went on to work because I didn't want it to affect my day. But what I did was I made a YouTube video and I um, played the video with, Whoever was listening to YouTube, we listened to it for the first time. And that's when I realized it was a racist song. So people on the video, in the video comment section, told me that I should report it because I wasn't going to because, you know, they don't do too much with TIs. But people suggested, you know, you really should report it because it's tangible evidence and, you know. So I did. It took the police, what, two days, two or three days to get here, but they got here Last night, right as we were pulling up, of course, they were sitting in front of my house. Now, they told me that they would call before they came, but we uh, went out and came back kind of late, and they were sitting in front of the house. So you guys know how they do that because they target me a lot. So um, so I did report it. Um, it was a female officer. She said that she didn't particularly take it as a um, – as a threat, she said if it were her, she would not take that as a threat. So I'm like, okay, hmm, that's interesting. Somebody calling you the N-word over and over and over, somebody you don't know and you don't consider that a threat, but okay. So I guess now is what she said it will go to the investigators and they'll decide if it needs to go to the FBI. So just dealing with that kind of stuff and all the, the you know, how they up the targeting on you. So dealing with all that. But God gets us through it, and and we do all right. We just stay under his covering for our lives. All right. Hold on. Okay, so I think that is it for the announcements. And now on to the question of the day. Hang on, let me go back over here. Okay, the green man in the chat room says, can we talk about memory loss? My short-term memory has become terrible. Okay, uh, we may get to that at the end. I hadn't planned to because I usually do a, re a little research on topics before because I definitely don't profess to know about everything. Um, but we'll see. 
if anyone knows anything about that. But also, um, I wanted to kind of make it a Mother's Day thing today. So if you don't mind giving me time for research, and then when we come back in June, we can make that the topic of discussion. But today I really would like to talk about mothers because mothers are special. They're special, special people. Um, a lot of us are uh, estranged, is that the word, estranged, from our mothers. Um, some people's mothers have passed, even even this year. So some TIs I know their uh, mom has passed. Um, some people didn't grow up with their mothers. Some people don't have the best relationships with their mothers. Some people have wonderful relationships with their mothers, and that's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. If you do, keep it that way. Um, some people had good relationships with their moms, and then because of this program or some other things that happen in life, things change, the dynamics change. And so I just want to talk about that, you know, if you guys don't mind. But also, with that being said, I want to make sure that no one is triggered because sometimes conversations like this can trigger um, uh, can bring up negative emotions and trigger people emotionally. So if that's the case for you and you feel like you're going to be triggered or you don't feel like you'll be triggered, but along somewhere along in the conversation you become triggered, please hang up because that's not my intention at all to trigger you. It's really, really not. Um, sometimes we have to deal with some things uh, concerning our mothers or our parents. So we'll talk about fathers on Father's Day. Um, but sometimes we, we need to deal with some things. And I, even before being targeted, I realized that I had to deal with some things uh, concerning my mother. And um, even more so after being targeted because other elements started to slip in there, uh, such as family members, you know, trying to put things in her head and that kind of stuff. So it's a lot to deal with. But ask you if you have any ill feelings towards your mom. I'll tell you the steps that I I eventually had to take. Um, I had to, and I asked you to consider this in your own relationship with your mother. I had to take take a step back, examine the whole picture of my of the dynamics of the relationship with my mom. Question why I felt the way I felt, and I. I know for me uh, a lot of the reason why I felt the way I felt towards my mom. Um, but I also had to take her life into consideration, if you will. I don't know if that makes sense to anyone, but I had to examine her life and realize that she was not a perfect person, nor am I, and that she did the best with what she had. And that I was looking at many of the negative qualities, but I was overlooking the positive because there's a lot of good qualities about my mom to this day, a a lot of good qualities and a lot of values that she instilled in us, her children, or attempted to instill in us. Some of us, we got it. Some of us, we didn't. But to this day, a lot of things I even share on this call is wisdom that I got from my mother. So whereas I did not have, I guess on the surface it looked like a good relationship, but it really wasn't. 
Um, but I had to try to understand, you know. And there's a scripture, I'm going to pull it up, but it says when we're a child, we think as a child. But when we're an adult, we think as an adult. And as an adult, I can look back and see that she did the best she did the best she could. She really did. And and none of us turned out horrible. I mean, we went through our things in life. We did, and, you know, we got in trouble and did things and you know. But she did the best she could. And she made a lot of sacrifices. I can look back now and I can see those sacrifices. You know, so I'm saying that to say, do the forgiveness that you need to do with your mom because you only have one. We only have one natural mom, you know, and if your mom is gone already, um, if, she, if she's deceased already and, and she died without you really having that understanding and that, that true forgiveness, repent for that and ask God to help you to understand. He will reveal some things to you. You know, our parents went through a lot. Some of them were in domestic violence situations. Some of them were on drugs. They were victims of their circumstances. Some of them were not nurtured and loved themselves. So they didn't know how to give what they didn't have, you know. And and, and I, I stress that, that, that part of trying to understand because that was a process I had to go through to get to where I am now where I'm just content, you know, and things are still not perfect. You know, but I just learned to accept. Let's go back. We always go back to the serenity prayer. Accept the things that we can't change. You know, and I know, I know what 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 some of my siblings are doing. They in her head. I know this. Trying to turn her against me. I know this. So I accept. I accept what I cannot change. I say to myself, take any piece you can get of her. But they're not going to turn me on my mom. They might turn her on me, but it, it, I'm not going to turn on her because that's my mother, you know. So I, I hope that you guys can can find that forgiveness, even if you don't verbalize it to your mom and not in touch with her anymore or whatever. Just try. Just try. It's really important. You know, um, being in this program opens a whole new understanding for us. And now we see that a lot of what our parents did was programming and mind control and those kind of things. We cannot continue to allow the government, and that's how I feel who's behind it, ultimately behind it, the government. Um, we can't allow them to come in and break up our, our families and our relationships, you know, with our parents and with our siblings and with our children. I mean, raise your hand. If you have children and you were a perfect parent, raise your hand. I can see through the phone. <laughs> raise your hand if you were a perfect parent. Okay, my hand is not raised because I was not, a, I have not been a perfect parent. I have not been. I just have to be honest about that. I have not been a perfect parent because I don't believe that there are any perfect people at all. I have made my mistakes, and my children are fairly young. I have made my mistakes, even at their young ages, and I pray that they forgive me. I do. I really do. I hope that they don't grow up carrying that unforgiveness towards me or their dad because we're not perfect. As they say, children don't come with a manual. Mine didn't. 
So I have made my mistakes along the way, and I continue to make mistakes, and I will continue to make mistakes because I'm human. But I ask God to help me, help me to, to learn to be a good parent and to meet their needs, you know, their their needs as children, their emotional needs, because it's important. And when you don't have that nurturing of your mom, it can really affect you. It really can. So, I mean, the question of the day, I guess, I said all of that to say. Let me see, where is it? Um, just say something. Say something about your mom, whatever you want to say. It could be something in general. It could be something, uh, some wisdom that she's given you, a good memory, a fond memory, uh, or you can just, you know, tell the truth if that's what you want to do. Um, but if you say something negative, back it up with something good because there was something good about your mom. Whether you want to acknowledge it or not, there was something good about your mom. She raised you. You turned out to be pretty good, you know? So... That's the question. Say something. I wish the mothers a happy Mother's Day. There are mothers on this call today. Star eight, if you would like to speak. Star eight. And if you don't want to speak on the topic, that's fine too. Say whatever's on your mind about anything. Okay? Star eight. Once you understand, once you really understand this program, you understand that these people don't want you to be um, in touch with your mom. You know? They don't. They don't want you to be in touch with any family. Star 8 if you'd like to speak. Hi, Jerome. Yes. Um, hello there. Uh, let me mute this. So, so. Yeah, it's, um, so I'm listening, and today is the, the day for moms and uh, mothers. There's a lot of mothers, but not everyone can be a mom. But I salute all the mothers. Some of them even give birth to fantastic people, even though sometimes the people are not supportive. I'm not talking about myself, just in general. Um, yeah, something about my mom. So now this is my first Mother's Day without my uh, actual mother. So she's been she's been gone for quite a few weeks now, and it really feels a little bit odd that uh, you know we can't interact like uh, mortals anymore. Like uh, she's gone, she's gone to a different level of existence, and I'm still here in the mortal form. So um, this is the first Mother's Day that I'm really you know without her, and. Yeah, it's um, it feels a little strange. It feels a very strange. So if there's anyone out there with their mom still alive, please don't be idiotic. Unless it's something really detrimental to your health or your well-being where they're very, very dysfunctional and you can't deal with them, then, you know, you have to do what you, what you have to do to defend yourself. But, um, you know, if your mom is here in the flesh, do what you can to, uh, you know, to heal. If you guys have issues, heal what you guys, uh, you know, are going through. Because once they're gone, that's pretty well it. You know, it's um, my mother. She, who who the hell is perfect? No one is really perfect. No one has that, uh, you know, no one is, is angelic. No one is, um, no one is all, you know, flawless. So my mother was not perfect. But you know what? 
Um, she was, I always will say this, she's one of the strongest women I've ever seen, the strongest woman I've ever seen thus far, you know, because um, I'm, I'm always talking about when my dad passed, because when my dad passed, she was, um, you know, I wasn't quite sure where she was going or how, you know, if she was going to make it at all, because She's never been without my dad. I mean, there, there was one time that that uh, my mom left. I don't want to tell that because family goes through stuff. We're living in England, and uh, I don't know the issues. I was really, really young, like five or six or something. And my mom they didn't tell us what was, what was going on. But um, my mom picked up and just left the guy. And I was asking Where's dad? How come dad's not coming in the car, in the taxi? So they had a separation, and my mom was hurting, but I didn't understand what was going on. She didn't explain it to me that uh, they were going through some issues. And um, I just know that she was very sad, very sad. And, you know, always sometimes, I guess, look out the window, and just she just wasn't herself. Anyway, come two years, uh, two years later, about a year and a half later, there was a knock on the door, and my dad came, came back to um, to remedy the situation, to uh, to apologize, to whatever happened, I don't know, but they they worked it out. So that was the longest she's ever been without him. So when he passed away, like years later, decades later, in uh, in Canada. She let out a scream. She let out a... I don't even know what the hell this this scream was. It was something I've never heard come out of a human being. It was full of um, sorrow and just pain. And uh, I was the biggest, so I had to be Captain Kirk. But my brother and sister, they jumped up and they screamed and they started to cry hysterically and grabbed each other for support and they held each other really tight. And I was kind of like standing on my own, and I'm and I was saying, "Mom, like, what's going on?" And then we, she told me that the hospital said that he wasn't doing well, and you know, get there as soon as possible. So, you know, he passed before we got there, but she was devastated, and I watched her, and I watched, and we had problems with the relatives because they were all trying to, you know, take advantage of the situation, the ones that we didn't know. The, distant relatives. So she had she had a fight. I had support, supported her the best way I could. But I watched and I watched and I watched and I uh, was kind of concerned. But uh, she, as the weeks went by, as the days went by, she became stronger and stronger. And about two and a half months to three to four months later, she just got up and looked at me, at at her, uh, you know, my brother and sister, and just said, living must live, and i got to go on. And she proceeded just to support the household. She sent everyone to school. She made sure that the dinner was cooked every day before she left for work. She went to work. She did her thing. On her days off, she tended to the, uh, to the house, uh, you know. And I watched this woman, and I said, my God, you know, what a strong, what a strong lady. And my uh, my friend that I know, his name was Maurice Shepard. He looked with tears in his eyes. Said, "Geez, Dean, 
your mom is a strong, strong woman, man. Said you better take care of her, you know, because your mother is a very special lady. He's never met anyone with such spiritual strength and such an indomitable spirit. Like she's never going to yield. She's always going to try and move forward and, uh, and and stick with her family. And that's the way it was until the very end. She was always happy to uh, to see us. You know, we've had we have we always had. Uh, or disagreements, and I'm not going to lie, because she's a strong character and I'm a strong character. And we both have strong opinions about many things. So we always had our little arguments, but nothing really out of control, just different viewpoints. So, um, but it became less relevant when she became, you know, hospitalized and she started, you know, she lived by herself uh, first of all, then she needed supervised living and stuff like that. So... As the body goes, it's it's uh, she she got weaker and weaker. Anyway, she so she ended up hospitalized, whatever, and then it led to her demise. But to that very end, she was always happy to see us, her children. She was always happy to see the uh, her grandchildren, you know. And the issues that we had, they were so they seemed so irrelevant when we knew that she was sick. They became irrelevant and became you know less and less relevant. Just the fact that she was a, she was here. And she was, uh, we were able to touch her and interact with her, was all that was, was important. And one of my best memories of my mom is when my sister and my brother and my son, that's a, that survived, um, they did a surprise party for me. And it was just great to see her. And we did, it wasn't karaoke. We just put on a disc and we just started singing our, our, our butts off. We sang some old favorites from Frank Sinatra, just, just some Herman Hermits, and we sang songs from the 60s and 70s, and we just had a grand time. And she was beaming. She was having a great time. So, um, you know, really miss my mom. This is my first Mother's Day without her. And people often told me, Dean, make best, the best time with your mom while she's here. And I tried to uh, live up to that endeavor. So, you know, that's... Um, that's the best memories that I that I would have to uh, to say about my mom. So people, if you got if you got your mom here, don't know what you're going through, try and work it out. <laughs> try and work it out. Okay, so that's all I got to say. Thanks. Thank you. Beautiful story about your mom. Thanks so much for sharing. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> start eight. If you'd like to speak, we're just sharing some things about our mom. Or you can share what your experience is like to be a mom. Great. Anybody? Okay, so I'm going to unmute everybody because I don't have anything planned for today other than talk about mom. So talk about anything you guys want to. If you're unmuted, you don't have to talk about Mother's Day. Talk about anything. Anybody, anything? Hi, um, everybody. Uh, my name is Simone. Hi, Renata. How are you? Hey, Simone. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Blessings to everybody. Um, okay. I didn't have the best relationship with my mother, but my aunt raised me, and I had a great relationship with her. Um, mm-hmm. I respect my mother. Uh, she created me. Uh, 
it's hard. It's some issues that we have. I try to get past them. I try to, you know, get to the root of things because sometimes people can't give you what they don't have. So if it's not in them, a person can't love you if they don't have love within them. Um, right. So you got to get to the root of what the issue may be. And then as years went on, my mother acts like everything was okay. Well, her mother would come to find out her mother didn't raise her. So it was like, you know, you want to call it a generational curse. You want to call it history repeating itself. Uh, So now I'm just better with my daughter and my sons than my mother was with me. I don't think she intentionally did the things that she did. I think a lot of things were out of her control. Maybe in her eyes we can both see the same thing and perceive it differently. Maybe she thought it was the best thing to do. I don't know. She couldn't give me what she didn't have inside of her to give me. So I have to give forgiveness if I want forgiveness and accept the fact that that was God's plan, you know. He put her and my dad together to create me, maybe not for her to raise me. Maybe, you know, the picture was bigger than me. Um, It was for my aunt to raise me. My aunt had cancer. They said she had six to nine months to live when I was born, and she lived 38 years past that. So she was supposed to be my mother. Yeah, you know, so the story and the roots of things is so much bigger than what we see, but we're so caught up in our feelings and what's happening to us that we don't see God's plan sometimes. And if we could kind of get past us with certain situations and what Mm -hmm. happened to us and Mm -hmm. kind of understand what may have happened to someone else to cause them to do what what they did to us. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. you may begin, you know, you trade places sometime with a person so you can get a better understanding of them. It might not have been what you would have done, but right. that's what happened. And, you know, you have to accept, ask God to give you the strength to accept the things you can't change. Right. So, um, you know, and he blessed me to be a mother, and you know, and you just stop that cycle, <laughs> whatever that mm-hmm. was, you know, you, you try to stop that. And be a better mom, be better than your mother was. Um, and don't condemn her, because when we're young, we love our parents. When we're yeah. old, we judge them. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to be like that. You don't want to, like, judge your mother on every single thing. You might lose your mind, so you don't want to do yeah. that. Um, just kind of accept. Um, try to tolerate. Definitely respect, because you don't want your kids to disrespect you. So. Right. You know, give respect to your parents, and everybody's situation is different, and understand God's plan. Yeah, and the first thing that came to mind as you were saying how your aunt raised you is you were blessed right there because so many people, when their moms don't uh, raise them or or their father, one of their parents don't raise them, they end up in foster care. So thank God that, that, that you weren't raised by the system. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And God will put, he'll put he'll put people in your life sometime, and accept those blessings. Count your blessings, not your troubles. You know, because it could have went another way. Amen. Yeah. Thank you. So you Thank you, and happy Mother's okay. Day. <laughs> Thank you, happy Mother's Day to you too. Um, anybody else want to speak? We're just talking about mothers, all things mother, or you can talk about anything you want. Talk about what you're going through. Talk about what you need help with. Whatever. Whatever. Anybody? Well, I'll talk about my mother. Who's uh, speaking, please? Ruth, Ruth from Michigan. Oh, hi, Ruth. Um, my mother was kind of hell on wheels. 
when I was growing up, um, she had pretty severe mental and emotional issues. Um, so she did some not so great stuff, but there's always somebody that's going to have a worse story than yours. So I know that she, it could have been worse. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is all I have to do is put myself in her shoes. You know, I she didn't grow up in a very good situation. And then she had five kids, one right after the other, and then me three years later. And if I had six kids with, you know, the problems that she had, I don't know if I'd have done as well as she did. Right. So I don't I don't judge her at all for it. And, you know, there are good things about her too. So um yeah, I just I don't know I don't hold it against her at all. So what's some of the good things, Ruth, about your mom? Um, well, when she was feeling well, she was just fun. Um, She had kind of a mischievous side to her and she would um, apparently she would chase my father around the house and try and tickle him or something like that. I never witnessed that but my brothers and sisters tell me. And then um, she was also uh, a feminist before it was even like a word. Um, So she raised us to believe that, you know, the girls in the family could do what whatever they wanted to do. And she uh, raised my brothers with an awareness and a respect for women. So that's good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, and I feel like I have a lot of my... Um, morals that I do from her. So she definitely did some stuff right. Very good. That's very good. That's important for us to see, too, that, you know, even if we didn't have the best relationships, they weren't the worst people. Do you guys um, see yourself, your mom, in yourselves in any way? Because I know I do, especially the older I get. (laughs) I have a lot of my mom's mannerisms. I say a lot of the things that I used to hate to hear her say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I say it to my kids now. Do you guys see yourself, your mom and yourself at all? Anybody? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to say um, I didn't know. I didn't know myself until I knew until I knew myself. So I think um, people ask me, how, where do you get your strength from? They would probably think, that the my spiritual power and my spiritual energy would come from my father. He was a very stubborn man. He was a very intelligent man. He was very, you know, strong. But um, he was also stubborn. But my mom had him beat. And I think I've got a lot of her attributes where I'm very stubborn in, in certain things. Um, when I lock, when I lock uh, horns or if I, if I decide that um, I'm going to do something... You know, if I decide that, uh, you know, if, if I'm in a fight, I'm not going to not gonna back down. I mean, you know, I learned from both of them. My dad tried to teach me how to fight before I went into martial arts, but I uh, didn't really catch on. But, uh, you know, he said that even if you got a bite, just bite and hang on. 
<laughs> but hang on and swing your fist. Do the best you can. So, you know, that's, that's the kind of uh, people they were. They said don't look for trouble. But if you're in a situation and people are just trying to push you around, just do the best you can. So I got I got the uh, I got my stubbornness from my mom. I got all that spiritual uh, stubbornness from her. She was very very determined woman. Once she made up her mind about something, that was pretty well it. Weapons locked, <laughs> everything's just locked in, and she's gonna get her objective her objectives done. So it was kind of it was kind of interesting. To uh, you know, to to realize that, <laughs> yeah, you do have uh, characteristics from your parents, and I got a lot from my mom. I got her strength, and dealing with the situation, I just have to say thanks, uh, my father in heaven, that I did absorb some of her stubbornness because sometimes I think it keeps me moving forward and it keeps me alive. That's what I got to say. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else get any traits from their parents? I, I, I know that I got my um my hard work ethic. I definitely got that from my mom and her whole side of the family. They're all very hard workers. Um, so I know I got that. I think I got her mental strength too. And and I hope I like to think I got her wisdom. I hope so. Because my mom's a very wise woman. So have you guys um anybody else gotten any traits from your mom? And I kind of got my mom's uh, quiet nature too. My mom's very introverted. She's she's better. She's comfortable around family, but she's pretty introverted. Got that from her too. Anybody else? You guys want to say anything? Anything? Go ahead, because I don't have anything planned today. Hi. Okay, this is Simone again. Um. Yeah, I got some great qualities from my mother. <laughs> you know, um, where there's bad, there's good. <laughs> Just like where there's good, there's bad. Um, her, maybe that's why we clash because I'm similar to her. That may yeah. have that that may have uh, something to do with it. She may see me. You know, she may see herself within me. It may be some things about her that she don't like and she see it in me, so maybe that's why she don't like me. I mean, you know, it's, it's so many ways of, of looking at things. But um, as far as her qualities, she have gotten some great qualities from my mother. Um, my mother has a nice sense of um, style. She, you know, she's she knows quality things. Um, she's good with researching stuff and finding out where this is. She's good with shopping, with sales. <laughs> um She's not very personable. Um, she has her strength. It, it takes a lot sometimes to be by yourself. I got that strength from her of being by myself. She was an only child. I'm an only child through her. I have siblings through my parents. My, I'm sorry, my father. Um, so I've gotten that that sense of strength. Um, just respect, very respectful. That's why I still respect her. She did instill respect in me um, from the era that she came from. You know, you respect your elders regardless. So that's why I still respect her, and you know, re- regardless. So she, it's things that she did, she um, instilled in me, you know, that I do give credit to. I hear myself sometime, and I catch myself, <laughs> you know, like, oh, Lord, you know, my father says, did Dolores walk in here? You know, some might say something, I sound just <laughs> like her. <laughs> He'd be like, I didn't know she was here, you know, or something. And, you know, so I try to be the better part of my mom and not the part that I identify with as being the bad part of her. 
but I think, you know, her cooking. I learned how to cook some dishes from her, um, more so from my aunt than her, but she'll show me how to critique it in a sense. You know, she she, she participated. I can't say, like, she didn't participate in my life, but she didn't raise me. Um, you know, she now, still was around. Did your aunt who raised you, is that your mom's sister or your father's sister? She's my great aunt, to be honest with you. She's my grandmother's sister. Oh, but she was okay. the baby out of the girls, mm-hmm. and she raised me. Okay. Yeah, and she had ovarian cancer, and she said they had said she, you know, she said, but, you know, God uses us as vessels. He used my mother to create me with my father and to deliver me, and she's my mother, my biological mother, but she said she felt that she couldn't have children anymore, so God was giving her a daughter through my mother. Oh, that's so beautiful. You know, she looked at it different, so she made me see it different. So mm-hmm. I was more accepting to what was happening and not feeling like a victim. But then you still feel a way if you see your friends with their biological mom and you wonder why your biological mom is there. But then when you have that love and God places that person in your life to, I wouldn't say substitute, but to fill that void in a what sense. Oh, right. You know, um, makes life a whole lot easier. You know, and and God keeps you covered. You know, and even those that were in foster care, you know, I'm sure God covered them in areas. You know, He keeps us covered. He He really does. Yeah, that's true. Everything happens for a purpose. So yeah, she did not have biological children. She had a son. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. She did have a son. So that's why she said, and she wanted a daughter. She had a son, and then I came along, and then the doctors told her, you know, she um, was going to pass away. The cancer was spreading. But she lived 38 years past that. Wow. That's <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. she still had purpose. God still had, a, you know, purpose on this earth. For her. Not just for me. You know, she had a grandson also, you know, but she saw it differently. So yeah. her love, the way she extended it to me, and explain things to me, I saw it different. Because you can have a person doesn't have to birth you to be your mother. You can receive that love from someone else. I probably yeah. should have talked to Chris, but I just don't feel like it right now. Donna, mute your phone, please. Oh, sorry. Uh-huh. Okay, go ahead, Simone. Yeah. Um. You know, you don't, somebody, you can be a mother. You can be a mother to someone. You don't have to birth them. Just giving them guidance and direction and unconditional love. Oh, and yeah. Being there. yeah. You can have an auntie who feel like a mommy, <laughs> you know, call people sometimes, your second mom, you know. So you can receive that love through someone else they may have. A lot of people are raised by their grandmother, too. A lot right. of people, especially now. Right. Mm-hmm. That's true. Right. All right, thank you. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? You got, we're talking about all things mother, your relationship with your mother, how you feel about your mom, what uh, good traits did you get from your mom, or whatever. All things mother. What kind of mother were you? Were you? Did you do the best you could with your children? Sorry, Nana. Yes, hey, Nana. Am I interrupting? Nope, go right ahead. Oh, okay. Well, my mother was a real extreme person, <laughs> and uh, when she she had 
two other sisters, and she was like um, the middle sister. And they lived in the South, and her father was running for sheriff his second term, and his opponent shot him in the back and killed him. Oh. So, yeah. So she was like three years old when that happened. Mm -hmm. And then the mother um, later remarried, and my mom acquired two stepbrothers. Well, her mom was a hard worker, and uh, she got got pneumonia and then had to get up and take care of things too soon. And she died when my mother was 16. So I don't know exactly how it all went, but um, I remember my mother and my oldest aunt talking about when they had to pick cotton in order to get by. And my mom's oldest sister was very, very proud of it. And she was a very, very rich woman. But my mom... She wasn't real rich, but she could take a dollar and and make a thousand out of it some way or another. Um, but my mother was ashamed of picking cotton, and I thought, gee, what different views. Well, <clears throat> after her mother died, I guess she was left with a stepfather and her two sisters and two stepbrothers, and. Um, she bounced around a whole lot. They never really had a home. And um, when we got our second house, we had two houses in my life, um, everything was about the home, it seemed like. It seemed like the home came first, before any fun, before anything. And I used to really, really resent that. And uh, my parents had a beautiful home, and they both were very, very into me. Not in a prideful way, but in a respect way. And anyway, I, I wish I could have conversations with my mother now, because I always had a home. I was always able, if I weren't married, to buy a home or make a home, and my home was never my biggest deal. But now, since I've been targeted, been homeless, lived in the car, lived all over the place, moved all over the place, lost my relationships, and on and on and on, as you all know, um, I can really understand my mother more. And... Out of that home, that was the nucleus for a lot of people to stabilize themselves to. And I look back at that now, and I really, really see that, how important her home was to not only our family, but to friends and other relatives. And so um, I know after she died, in 98, my dad died in 96, um, 
I kept wanting to pick up the phone and talk to her for years. And it was so weird because she wasn't there anymore to do that with. So the women in my family were, like, very, very strong. And, like, if my mom and I were in a fight, because we definitely didn't agree hardly on anything. Um, and she, she, I remember at 13, she told me something. She says, now, don't you think so, Donna? And I went, no, I don't think so. And she goes, oh, come on, you know you believe that. And I said, no, I really don't believe that. <laughs> but I, I, I recognize at that time I had my own mind and she was always trying to convert it to her mind way of thinking. So um, where was I going with that part? Um, I don't remember, but... Um, Oh, like if we were in a huff, a fight or whatever, one of my cousins or one of my aunts would call and they would start giving me the perspective about what she was going through and how much she was hurting over what happened and this and that. And so I would call her or she would call me and and we would mend it. Um, it's, it's really a truly wonderful thing to have family, and uh, my, two, my two sons, my two older sons, just like one I just told her calling back um, because this is my church, and um, someone hit me in a car wreck when they were 9 and 11, and Matthew, my son that was killed by a drunk driver, he was about 4 or 5, and um, well, he lived to be a month away from being 20, but at that time he was four or five. At that time, um, I had so many things done to me. Uh, I was going to every doctor you can imagine. And I look back, and I think that they were using those weapons to give uh, me excruciating pains for years. Um, so at 9 and 12, my sons, I... I let them go live with their dad, which I tried not to have that happen, but it, working and taking care of Matt, and it, it was just more I could take care of. So he went down to live with his dad that, he didn't, that they didn't know by my parents and family, about 80 miles away. So I kept working and working and working, thinking that we're all gonna, they're going to come back with me and that we're going to be a family again and everything. And then when they were starting to get a girlfriend and this and that, I realized they're not ever going to come back to me. So I was grieving that like a death. And then my son that was always with me got killed instantly. Um, so I really thought, you know, that we were putting my two sons, we were all putting our, our relationships together and that we were really going to mend and become a family again. And I moved up there to be with them again. And um, they had real high hopes that they were going to have a mom around. And uh, the Nazi bastards just took that too. And I'm sorry, but I woke up on the bathroom floor this morning 
just, um, I felt like I'd been through a war uh, last night. And, um, and then this medical thing has come up. Um, I don't know how strong I am anymore. Um, I've always been stronger than you give yourself credit for. You're very strong, Donna. You know, you and I talk off of these calls, and you're very strong. Now, can uh, I ask you a question? Can I ask you a couple questions? Donna? Yes. Yes. Okay. Did you say one of your sons passed away? Matthew, he was a month away from being 20. He was killed by a drunk driver. I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. That has to be devastating. Well, he was 19. He had just finished his paralegal school. Two days after he was killed, I got his certificate in the mail with all these big banner signs from uh, people he knew and uh, at school and everything. And and he was entered into the law program, and Gunnery Sergeant Sterling was waiting to take him to boot camp. And uh, it was pretty... It was more than shocking. It, I died for a year. It was unbelievable to me. And um, I always said if if I could make it through that, I could nothing else would compare. Um, That's true. Well, let me tell you, this is a big runner-up because uh, the... The slow kill thing is becoming very real to me. Donna, can I ask you another question? Because there's some things that you said that just uh, resonated. What is it like, only if it's not going to be too hard for you to talk about, what is it like to um, to allow your children to stay with their father? Because I've heard that before. Um you know, that, that women do that just because they think it'll be best for their children. What is that like? Can you just share? Like, I, fought, I, fought, I fought to hang on to my boys. And uh, actually, my mother and my sister-in-law would come up there and make a big scene to try to get them to go down and live with their dad. And pretty soon, I wanted my oldest one to go because he was 12 and he was... Uh, going over in the orange groves and somebody met up with him and started sharing pot with him and pretty soon he was selling my stuff when I wasn't there and getting loaded and so I I felt that it might be a good thing for him to go live with his dad for a while. I had no inclination to give Chris that way too but everybody put such pressure on me pretty soon he wanted to go so I let him. Um, like I say, I was going to every kind of doctor you can imagine and uh, taking care of my son and working big, big hours as a hairdresser. And uh, and then just about every week going down there for family functions and uh, to see them and everything. And I can see little by little by little they were growing away from me and getting their own life. What is it like? It's like a death. For a mother that truly wants to raise her children, it's like a death. And um, and believe me, my son 
heard how much it was my fault and the whole thing and how much all that hurt because they never saw the true story. And for years I would try to tell them certain things and then I realized that I'm just going to build their dad up and because they knew at that point pretty much what a flake he was. But uh, he had good qualities. I mean, he had good qualities too. Everybody that met him liked him. Um, so anyway, I've got two fine sons, and um, they're wonderful people. And my one said to me about three four months ago, I said, I want to thank you for one thing you really did for me, Mom. And I said, what, Chris? And he says, you gave me God. And my other one, oh. recently I asked him, him, um, where are you with, uh, with Jesus? And he said, I said, um, well, I forget exactly how I put it, but anyway, he said that he has asked Jesus into his heart many times. And pray, he prayed, he, a year ago, he started praying to God every night. And so I have the assurance of a, as a believer that all three of my sons will be with me in heaven. And uh, that means everything to me because I made more mistakes than anybody probably. But I always knew that that had to be a part of my kid's life. Maybe it was because of how fallible I was. Um, I knew that that would be the thing to get them through. And I say to people, I say to people, if you don't give your children anything that just God, you've done the one thing that is the most important thing, is to give them God. So, anyway, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Thank you uh, so much for sharing, Donna. And I'm so sorry about your son. I, I, oh, that's a pain that, oh, you know, I can't even imagine. No, no, God did not put that one in us to even imagine it. No. But I will say this, you know, I always, like, and I did it, too. You know, I kept thinking, I kept hanging around, waiting for him to finish this and finish that and get up out of the nest and fly, and then I was going to do this and this and this and this. Well, it didn't work out that way. And I always tell people when they're griping about this and that about their kids, you know, just cherish every bad second, every good second, because... They're not always going to be there those seconds. Right. True. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Renata. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Okay, so for those of you who just joined the call, um, today is Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to all of you moms. And honor your mom today. Honor your mom today. I went to see my mom yesterday, so I'm not going to see her today, but I went to see her yesterday and uh, took her some gifts, and um, my sister, one of my younger sisters, 
and her children showed up, which was nice because I haven't seen them in a long time. So, um, so it was nice. It was nice to be around the family. So if you can um, visit your mom, make sure you visit your mom. Make sure you call your mom. We have technology now, so you can Skype with your mom or you can um, FaceTime with your mom or whatever. You know, try to try to see your mom. If not, call her. You only get one. You only get one. So we're talking about all things mom today. We're sharing stories about our moms or what it's like to be a mom uh, or whatever it is that you want to share. Okay, start eight if you would like to speak. Also, there was another question that came to my mind that I just want to put out there. Um, let's see. How do I word this? Do you feel or have you ever felt or do you know anyone that has chosen to separate themselves from friends or loved ones to try to spare them from the targeting? Because it has been said and it has been some people's observation and mine as well that sometimes if you are a targeted person and you um, are constantly around someone, it could be your child, it could be a loved one, it could be a friend, that sometimes those people will begin to get targeted. So some people take the measure to just separate themselves and start to distance themselves because they don't want to see their family member, a loved one or a child or friend, they don't want to see them um, get targeted. So do you guys believe that you should do that, that, that anyone should do that or, you know? So would you feel responsible if someone around you that's constantly around you becomes targeted? They they were not targeted before, but now because they won't separate themselves from you, now all of a sudden they're targeted. You guys think you should separate yourself to save someone from getting targeted? I guess that's the question in simpler terms. Anybody? Start eight if you are muted and you would like to speak. I don't know. I don't you know. Muted. Go ahead. I don't know. I don't know if the line is still open, but um, when you when you submit to one thing, then you're going to submit to many things, right? So if you avoid your family because of this satanic program, you know, you're condoning what they're doing. You're basically saying, yeah, I will conform. Sorry, I'm moving around here. I will conform to what you're trying to uh, do to my life. And if, if it's not your family, it's going to be something that you love. It's going to be your pet. It's going to be something. They're always going to find something to use against you. So you can't submit to their way of uh, doing things to you, right? You can't submit to what they want to achieve, right? Because if if they get that objective where you're avoiding your family, they win, number one, because they get to separate you from support. They get to separate you from loved ones, all that positive energy, all that uh, family energy. It's relevant, you know. They're trying to separate you from your sex. They're trying to separate you from your family. They're trying to separate you from all things that you deem or all things that you feel are precious to you. So if you separate yourself from your, from your family, guess what? They're going to say, okay, what next? What can I, what can I, what, what, what would be my next objective? Do they have pets? Do they have a cat? Do they have a dog? Do they have a ferret? What can I do to, uh, to try and promote misery in that person's life? You know, so they will target, you know, anything that 
you deem precious. That's just the art of war. I mean, you can read it. You know, best way to attack an enemy is to attack things that are precious to him. Right? That's why they have the gaslighting. That's why they have, you know, this this thing about you have the fear of hanging around your loved ones. You know, it's always going to be an open wound. It's always going to be a possibility. Even if you do stay away from them, people that keep in touch with them will tell you things that are happening or whatever. So I don't think it's uh, – I think – you should follow your heart. I only speak to, for myself. You should follow your heart and see. You know, follow your heart and 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 uh, and and you know, let it be your guide. You know, that's the best thing that I would have to say. Have you noticed anyone that became targeted in your circle after you? Um, you know, since you've been targeted, Jerome. Um, this is kind of like a bad luck omen. <laughs> Because oh, they mind. listen, don't, don't say it. Don't say it if you're not comfortable. Yeah, they, they listen in, and then they try to adapt your life. You know, they try and compensate, or you know, they try. They they they, they tune in to get ideas. These these guys are devils out of hell. You know, if they're running out of ideas, they use the enemy to supply themselves. That's also art of war when you can use the enemy's food and use the enemy's resources against them. So they listen to these phone calls, and you bet they've got their spies here listening, and they're analyzing what you fear. They're analyzing what makes what promotes discomfort in you. They're analyzing everything about you, analyzing what you're saying. They're analyzing what you're thinking about. It's not fear that I'm talking here. It's just that you got to know the way these people socialize. Oh, definitely. You know? so, yeah. A lot of what I talk about uh, next day it plays out in my life. So <laughs> I've been dealing yeah. with it. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, but never exactly. anyone to say anything that you're not comfortable saying on this call because only you will have to deal with the increase in targeting. Um, yeah. Okay, so any anyone else have a comment on that? Do you do you think that is wise for anyone? We're not talking about you per se. Do you think that it is wise for anyone to disassociate themselves from friends and loved ones so that they can spare them of being targeted because it has been said that people uh, will get targeted if they hang around um, a TI long enough. So just wondering, and we're not talking about you. We're just saying any TI anywhere USA or any other country. Do you think that it is wise for them to separate themselves from their friends and loved ones to spare them? Um, That's one of the questions. The other question is, uh, do uh, oh for you to say anything you'd like about your mom since today is Mother's Day. Yeah, how you doing, Renata? Yeah, how are you, Charles? Oh, I'm all right. Yeah, first I want to say um, Happy Mother's Day to you and all the ladies. You know, you know that's listening and you know that's on the call. You know, say Happy Mother's Day to y'all. And um, um, about the um about the question. Well, <clears throat> I know uh, that type of thought will occur to me. I mean, you know, will occur to anybody, and it has occurred to me. All right, but then again, it's something like well, it goes along the line of what Jerome just said. Okay, it's like I mean, you capitulate, you you comply, you 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 know, you're giving a compliance to what they want. All right. Um, you know, you instead of them isolating you from everybody else, you you're gonna do it for them. 
Okay, there's something about that just don't doesn't seem right. So, nah, nah, and you know, um, you know, um, a couple of incidences recently, you know, you know, happened. Okay, where you know that type of you know that type of thought will occur, but no, nah, I can't. I, I just can't because. <laughs> It's like you you gave in, you know, and I can understand you. I mean, you're doing it for protection and all that. But then again, will where will it stop? You know, you got to ask yourself, where will it stop? I mean, you know, I mean, what they're going to do next, okay, make you want to draw back here and you want to hide in the closet here and hide under the table there. And I mean, really, you get you got to stand your ground. Mm-hmm. I like that, Charles. Very good. Mm-hmm. I agree. Good, good, good. You want to say anything else? You want to say anything about your mom for Mother's Day, what kind of lady she was, the values that she instilled in you? Uh, yeah, well, um, <laughs> my mom's okay, and there was uh, there's a – in my in my life, okay, there was um a few a uh, few figures uh, uh say a few figures that, but my mom is primary, okay, the memory of her is primary, my mother, all right, but yeah, there's a few of um, aunts, you know, favorite aunts and things that that you know passed on and everything, that you know um you know um. Put a lot of um, positive, um, positive um, influence in my life. Okay, and you know, and may they be blessed by the Creator and all that. You know, and yeah, I miss them. I miss them. And um, yeah, and I just <coughs> uh, hope the um, younger generation. You know that type of um, love and um, morals, morale support, and all that the type of stuff is still and um, is still in you know in, in the um, generation that's coming up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Charles. Uh-oh, right. we're talking for those of you who just joined. We're just talking all things mother since today is Mother's Day. Also, another question of the day was, do you feel that it's a good thing for or acceptable thing for people to decide, make the decision to um, isolate themselves from certain people in their life, friends, relatives, what have you, because they don't want to see them targeted? Because many people say if you hang around a target too long, that person will become targeted themselves. So some people voluntarily uh, just stop dealing with certain people because they don't want to subject them to that element. So is that a wise thing? Um, also, your mom, if you want to say anything good about your mom. And I'm going to throw godmothers in there, too, because people have godparents that are very influential in their lives or, um, are, um, like Simone was saying, her aunt uh, raised her. Or um, And I know that I partially... Well, I won't say I raised, but I think I've been influential in several of my nieces and nephews' lives, some of them 
uh, would come to stay with me every summer, and we were talking about that yesterday. Still remember, they have grown now, and some of them are grown, and they still remember that. So, um, you know, we we touch our relatives' lives some sometimes in ways that we don't even plan to do so. So um, maybe you were instrumental in one of your godchildren or uh, relatives' lives. So anything like that, anything you guys want to talk about, that's what we're talking about today. So anybody, anything, do you think it's a good idea to back away from people? I, I tend to feel like Charles feels, like, no, uh-uh. They want you to to voluntarily remove yourself from people's lives, but I don't think it's a good idea. But I, I understand why people do it, especially with your children. You don't want to see your children subjected to this, but the flip side of that, they're kind of growing up without you. If you're not doing things with them or, you know, being around them, you're missing out on some very valuable times in their lives. Um, the green man in the chat room says, uh, no, tell them. In other words, tell your friends or loved ones about the targeting. Um, I have loads of friends and ex-girlfriends that are now unknowingly in fake relationships that were only formed in an attempt to get my friends and family away from me. Most of them were police officers. Some even married them and had kids, and it's not based on love. Interesting. I know someone who is actually going through something very similar right now, and they will do that. They will um, infiltrate your friends and your family members to get them away from you. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a true scenario that you gave, Green Man. Thank you for sharing that. But they will do that sometimes. If they see you close to someone, they'll send someone else to become that person's friend, and then eventually they, they're no longer friends with you. And I've experienced that many times in the TI community. Um, someone, you know, most of the time it's me on the phone with someone, and then someone will infiltrate that, and before you know it, they're gone. So it happens. It happens. Um, Life Stolen says, Happy Mother's Day to everybody. Thank you. You too. Um, Life Stolen in the chat room says, I have limited I have limited many people in my life because of so many people that have died. Oh. I hope you don't feel responsible for that. Omaha Beach gave us a video. It's called Effects of a Narcissistic Mother on Her Child. Thank you for the video. All right. Anybody else? Anything? Lauren, are you there? Anybody? Anything? Hi, everybody. Hey, how are you? Uh, hanging in there. My leg is out of commission. Happy Mother's Day to you. Thank it's Lauren you. from North. <laughs> yes, Indiana. I'm I'm sorry. I think with this resistance I'm finding, I got out of the tub yesterday. We're not. They shot something in my right leg. I'm not lying. It feels like it's broken. I've been in bed for the last day now. It's oh, no. sad. I'm not lying. I don't know what this is. But as far as um, would I isolate? No, I think I'm going to tell my friends and family and tell them as much as possible that I'm a target and, and the things they do because I want to give them that choice, you know, yeah. if you 
want to continue to see me, there's a likelihood they may try this with you. Uh, you know, tell them I love them, and uh, and I can understand if they don't want to continue. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. just, you know, and no, I lost my mother at age 15, but even though I'm uh, gonna be 56 soon, I miss her terribly. She was uh, she was almost 40 really when she started having kids. She didn't think she would, and then boom, boom, boom. So my mother was born in 24. So I really really miss her. Uh, as I always tell a lot of people, it's bittersweet. I had a real mom, and I feel truly blessed for that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not only did she give me, yeah, she gave me church, she gave me morals, she gave me character. You know what I'm saying? And set things mm-hmm. really right. I was patient when I was bad. I got spanked, But when I was good, I got rewarded. She was very, very balanced. And, uh, yeah, and then even though we had to go live with her sister, she was the opposite. You know what I mean? She wasn't, uh, the truth, she wasn't very kind to us. I don't know why she even took us. That's the reason we landed in Los Angeles. She lived there. She was mm-hmm. completely, completely opposite of my mother. So I I don't know. She died, she passed as well, but I don't know what made her take us. It always seems like she had a fury of anger, mm-hmm. some kind of way. Like she took something she didn't want and... I guess more angry because it's not like a blouse you can take back to the store. But no, every mother say I miss my mother very, very much. You know, I wonder if this program took her from from you know. You just never know. That's all. <laughs> well, I didn't even think about that, Lauren. Some people's moms really did die at the hands of this program. I've heard those stories. I didn't think about that. And something very, something else very important you said, and I don't know how I forgot to mention this, but. For many of us, that's, uh, our mother is where our spiritual foundation started. They planted that seed in many of us um, at a very young age. So that's something we should be grateful for. So thank you for yeah. bringing that up, Lauren. Thank you. Mm-hmm. How's Lillian? Uh, Lillian is resting right now because she's trying to cater on me since I'm, I'm flat out, whatever these creeps did to my leg. Uh, she's taking a nap right now. Um, they are trying when we go to Chicago. She's seeing doctors, but they're still trying to court us into that ER department. And I think that's where a lot of perfing and stuff goes. Mm-hmm. They said her red blood cell was down, but they took too much blood from her when we go there. So I made her some liver and onions the day before yesterday because I'm on my back now. And she's going to see a hematologist, hopefully, to get a shot and a blood transfusion. Mm. But she. She's feeling in better spirits, a little worried about me. I don't think she has never saw me in this condition. I haven't, but, uh, you know, they will retaliate when you start putting, you know, complaints and, you know, standing up for yourself. But they attack us anyway, you know. Well, you can't be afraid of that. I mean, I I do suffer through a lot of the retaliatory tactics that they use, but, I mean... You're not doing anything wrong. You're standing up for yourself, which is the right thing to do. So I just don't feel like I'm going to back down from that. Exactly. So I'm on my back for a while. It doesn't, it feels, the symptoms feels like it's a broken leg. But you and I both know my leg's not broken. They can send whatever, you know, they just put me out of commission for a while if you want to know the truth. Yeah. I'm sorry, Lauren. Yeah, it's real weird, man. It's really, I'm, I'm, I'm on my back, if you know what I mean. Oh, ooh, they hit me good. So, oh, should never hurt. So, it, it is what it, what it is. Mm-hmm. So, 
I pray. I'm just praying to God, Renata. That's all I can keep calling out, especially this day, and, you know, Yeshua. That's all I care about, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we well, just have to stay the course. That's Figure right. Figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Just, just seek his strength along the way. I'll pray Absolutely. for you, I'm sorry to hear it. Well, thank you, Renata. I wish you a really, really great Mother's Day. You know? Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Okay, do you guys have anything else you'd like to say? It could be anything. Does not matter. Anything. Does not have to be on the topic today. Whatever you want to talk about. Uh, let me see. I have something from last week that I never got to. So maybe we can just talk about this. And this is um this is on um the noise campaigns that a lot of people experience. Uh, probably people who live in apartment complexes, I would assume, uh, would experience more of the noise campaigns than people who live in houses because I tend to think that it's best not to share walls if you don't have to. But if you have to, then that's what you have to do. But um, when a lot of people live in apartments, well, when you live in an apartment complex and you are the subject you are a targeted individual, you may be the subject of a noise campaign, which is what we call it, when people just create intentional noise as a way to disturb your peace. Um, And when I think back, it really lets me know how far my targeting goes back, really, because I remember uh, an apartment that I lived in, I used to get so much noise it was just unbearable. I had no idea anything about targeting back then. But when I look back, I believe it was all connected. And I it had gotten so bad, especially in the middle of the night, where I would take my broom and I would hit the ceiling because it sounded to me like it was coming from upstairs. And one day the manager came over and he said, the lady upstairs says that you're banging on her, you know, you're banging with the broom or something. And I say, yeah, because she makes all this noise. And I didn't even know the person upstairs. And he says, no, he says, that's an elderly lady, and she's not doing that. Well, I know what I know now. Even the elderly people participate in this. But he said, the next time you hear that noise, let me know, and I'll come over. So I did. It was like 1 or 2 in the morning. I hear all the banging again. So I said, okay, well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to bang on the ceiling. I'll just go and get the manager because he lived across from me. So I went to get him. He came in. He listened. He said, wait a minute. That's not coming from upstairs. He put his ear up to the wall, and it was coming from the neighbor on my right, which was in a studio apartment on, on my right. And he let me hear, and you could hear it. And so he went over there, and he says, "That's uh, uh, they're bouncing a basketball up against the wall. So I felt bad because I hadn't been banging for months thinking it was this lady upstairs. So these, um, and then later I found out that these people, well, I started to notice that the people who lived in that apartment, they had a lot of hostility towards me, and I never really knew them. And at the time I lived by myself, so I was just like in and out, you know, go to work, come in. I didn't really, the people did not seem to be friendly over there, so I really didn't have any friends over there. 
Um, and so I was just coming and going and just keeping to myself. So I'm, I was always thinking to myself, why are these people so nasty? And then I would, and now as I look back, there were people across from me. They would come out when I would come out, but I, I didn't put any of it together because I did not have a clue. My car got stolen, which that stuff still happens to this day. Um, and just all these things would happen, but it was a very hostile living environment in that apartment complex, and it seemed to be geared towards me, which I didn't know, I didn't know anybody, so I didn't quite get it. Um, and then I moved to the other, the other side and to another apartment up on, um, up on the second floor because I was at the bottom the first time, so I moved up on the second floor. And the same kind of stuff was happening. But, again, I'm unsuspecting. I had no idea what a targeted individual was. Um, But there was a guy who lived across from me, and he was really nasty. And he would come out when I would come out, and his girlfriend would come out. But I still didn't know anything about targeted individual. But I'm like, these people sure are nasty over here. And then there were a couple people I would – speak to and they wouldn't speak and it was just weird. I'd go to wash my clothes and all these people would show up and stuff would be missing out of my dryer and all of this kind of stuff. So I'm like, hmm, this is just strange. To me it was just strange. And then eventually we moved to another apartment and it was sort of like the same kind of stuff would happen. And they moved us right next door to the manager. And she was weird as all get out. She was just weird. I don't even know how to describe her. But she was weird. And it was, okay, so what I'm trying to say is, I look back and I see it was all connected. And that's how you kind of can put the timeline together and see how far this stuff goes back. But a lot of what I dealt with in uh, apartment living, a lot of it was noise campaigns, really noise campaigns, and disturbance of the peace and, of course, the sirens and all of that kind of stuff when you would go somewhere, but intentional banging and loud television and loud music. And um, I remember one place we lived, the uh, the, the neighbor, we all had a parking stall, um, but the neighbor, she would always have her relatives park in our parking spot. And then we would say something, she would say, oh, that's my dad, and she'd stand there and smile like like we're supposed to say, okay, well, your dad can stay in our parking spot. And we'd say, like, okay, well, your dad needs to move. And then she'd get all mad about that, and I just, I'm just putting it all together. There were these elderly people that lived two doors down in a different complex, and they would always come out, and, and it's just all making sense. But there was a lot of of noise, intentional noise, okay? So... I always feel like if you don't have to share walls, don't. And if you have to do, like, apartment living, um, try to rent, like, um, some. they have these, I don't know if they call them in-laws, but they have some, some people will rent out, like, a little uh, cottage or something in the back of their house. I think that would be better because that, that building is like a standalone building or, um, a duplex, maybe. I mean, there's only one wall and one neighbor. Cul-de-sacs, I would think, would be better. You know, just anything to try to avoid all the intentional noise, okay? Because noise actually is not just simply noise. Um, 
it can really give you some serious health issues. Okay, so I want to read this article. It's called um, Understanding Noise Pollution because that's what it's called. It's called Noise Pollution, that noise pollutes the air, okay? Uh, Most of us are very used to the sounds we hear in everyday life, loud music, the television, people talking over their phone, the traffic, and even pets barking in the middle of the night. All of these have become a part of the urban culture and rarely disturb us. However, when the sound of the television keeps you from sleeping all night or the traffic starts to give you a headache, it stops becoming just noise and starts turning into noise pollution. For many of us, the concept of pollution is limited to nature and resources. However, noise that tends to disrupt the natural rhythm of life makes for one solid pollutant. By definition, noise pollution takes place when there is either excessive amounts of noise or an uh, unpleasant sound that causes temporary disruption in the natural balance. This definition is usually applicable to sound or noises that are unnatural in either their volume or their production. Our environment is uh, is such that it has uh, become difficult to escape noise. Even electrical appliances at home have a constant hum or beeping sound. By and large, lack of urban planning increases the exposure to unwanted sound. This is why understanding noise pollution is necessary to curb it in time. The causes of noise pollution, industrialization, most of the industries use big machines which are capable of producing large amounts of noise apart from what various equipment like compressors, generators, exhaust fans, um, grinding mills also participate in producing big noise. Therefore, you must have seen workers in these factories and industry wearing earplugs to minimize the effects. And even um, I've talked to Target who said that construction just goes on way too long in their area for people will come out early in the morning with their lawnmowers and just all kind of stuff to just kind of disturb, you know, your peace. And it usually happens at, at times where you're sleeping early in the morning or late at night or sometimes throughout the day. Um, poor urban planning in most of the developing countries, poor urban planning also plays a vital role. Congested houses, large families sharing small spaces, fight over parking, Frequent fights over basic amenities lead to noise pollution, which may disrupt the environment of society. Social events. Noise is at its peak in uh, most of the social events, whether it is marriage, parties, pub, dis, or place of worship. People normally flout uh, rules set by the local administration and create nuisances in the area. People play songs on full volume and dance till midnight, which makes the condition of people living in near uh, living nearby worse. In markets, you can see people selling clothes via making loud noise to attract the attention of the people. Now, there are uh, that's another thing about apartment living and and houses too. Actually, um, people will throw these loud parties parties to the wee hour of the morning. Their friends will park all in front of your house, block your driveway, all kind of stuff, okay, fighting, arguing, music, all of that. 
transportation, <clears throat> excuse me, large number of vehicles on the roads, airplanes flying over houses, and most targets know about that, how the airplanes will um, disturb your peace, you know, and have you stressed out. Uh, underground trains produce heavy noise, and people uh, get it difficult, oh. find it difficult to get accustomed to that. Hang on one second, please. Um, the high noise leads to a situation wherein a normal person loses the ability to hear. Ooh, sorry, I had to put you guys on mute while I sneezed. Um, okay, so, and yeah, that's another thing, that if you are subjected to very loud decibels of noise over a period of time, it could affect your hearing. You could actually have hearing loss. You live around trains or heavy construction, things like that. Um, household chores. Uh, we are people surrounded by gadgets and use them extensively in our daily life. Gadgets like mobile uh, mixer grinders, pressure cookers, vacuum cleaners, washing machines, and dryers, um, air conditioners are minor contributors to the amount of noise that it produces, but it affects the quality of life of your uh, neighborhood in a bad way. While this form of pollution may seem harmless, it is, in fact, far-reaching consequences. The adverse effects on the health of the environment are quite severe. Not only is the local wildlife affected by the pollution, humans also face a number of problems. Okay, so here's the effects. You can have hearing problems. Any unwanted sound that our ears have not been built for, have not been built to filter, have not been built to filter, excuse me, can cause problems within the body. Our ears can take, a, uh, take in a certain range of sound without getting damaged. Man-made noises such as jackhammers, horns, machinery, airplanes, or even vehicles can be too loud for our hearing range. Constant exposure to loud levels of noise can easily result in the damaging of our eardrums and loss of hearing. It also reduces our sensitivity to sound that our ears pick, uh, pick up unconsciously to regulate our body's rhythm. Okay. Health issues, excessive noise pollution, uh, working areas such as offices, construction sites, bars, and even in our homes can influence psychological health. Studies show that the occurrence of aggressive behavior, disturbance of sleep, constant stress, fatigue, hypertension can be linked to excessive noise levels. Um, these in turn can cause more severe and chronic health issues later in life. Okay, so don't think that, you know, this noise is just harmless because it's not. As this article says, the study shows that that uh, excessive noise can cause aggressive behavior. And you can, I mean, that's easy to believe because if you are uh, dealing with excessive noise and that noise is causing you not to sleep well, you're going to wake up um, agitated and cranky, short-tempered and everything. So, yes, it can definitely cause a person's uh, behavior to be more aggressive, which is not good, because then you can lash out and do something you would later regret. Okay, um, these in turn can cause more severe and chronic health issues later in life. 
Sleeping disturbances. Uh, loud noise can certainly hamper your sleeping pattern and may lead to irritation and uncomfortable situations. Without a good night's sleep, it may lead to problems related to fatigue and your performance may go down in, off, in the office as well as at home. It is therefore recommended to take a sound sleep to get a sound sleep to give your body the proper rest. Okay, so if you're not getting sleep at night, Try to get it during the day if you can. Um, if you can't sleep, at least rest. Turn the television off, the radio, everything, and just rest. If you can't sleep, rest is the next best thing. Um, cardiovascular issues. Blood pressure levels, cardiovascular disease, and stress-related heart problems are on the rise. Studies suggest that high-intensity noise causes high blood pressure, and increased heartbeat rate as it is as it disrupts normal blood flow. Bringing them to a manageable level depends on our understanding noise pollution and how we tackle it, okay? So you can get into some serious stuff just because you're dealing with ongoing noise. These are all the things these people know already. They know this stuff can cause you um, um, issues medical issues, okay, because uh, dealing with this can rise, uh, give you a rise in your blood pressure, and a rise in blood pressure can lead to heart disease and other stress-related issues. All right, trouble communicating. High decibel noise can put, uh, can put trouble and may not allow two people, or can make for trouble and not allow two people to communicate freely. This may lead to misunderstandings, and you may get difficult. You may get difficult understand. Oh, that doesn't make sense. You misunderstand. You may get difficult understanding. Oh, okay, I'll just put in my own words. This may lead to uh, misunderstanding, and you may suffer a misunderstanding when trying to understand the other person. Okay. Um, constant sharp noise can give you a severe headache and disturb your emotional balance. And you definitely can get a, a migraine or a headache from extensive noise. Uh, let's see. Effects on wildlife. Wildlife faces far more problems than humans uh, because noise pollution, since with noise pollution, since they are more dependent on sound. Animals develop a better sense of hearing than, uh, than us since their survival depends on it. The ill effects of excessive noise begin at home. Pets react more aggressively in households where there is constant noise. I agree with that. Okay. They become disoriented more easily and face many behavioral problems. In nature, animals may suffer from hearing loss, which makes them easy prey and leads to dwindling populations. Others become inefficient and hunting, disturbing the balance of the ecosystem. Species that depend on mating calls to produce are often unable to hear these calls due to excessive man-made noise. As a result, they are unable to reproduce and cause declining populations. Others require sound waves to uh, echo, uh, locate it, and find their way when migrating. When uh, Yes, when migrating. Um, disturbing their sound signals means they get lost easily and do not migrate when they should. As of now, there does not exist many solutions to reduce, to reduce sound population. On a personal level, 
everyone can help uh, reduce the noise in their homes by lowering the volume of the radio, music system, and the television. Listening to music without headphones is also a good step forward. Removal of public loudspeakers is another way in which the pollution can be countered. As it's controlling the sound level in clubs, bars, parties, and discos, better urban planning can help in creating no noise zones where honking, that's another thing, the honking of the horns, uh, where honking and industrial noise are not tolerated. It is only when our understanding noise pollution is complete can we take the steps to eradicate it completely. Okay, and I think that's the end of that article. Does anybody deal with excessive noise, uh, noise campaigns in their targeting? Star 8, if you would like to speak. If you're on mute, star 8. Uh, any of you, have any of you ever experienced noise campaigns and how do you handle it? Anybody? Nobody ever experienced noise campaigns? I know I certainly have. It is one of the main things they do to targets, to try to disturb their their peace. It's to constantly create noise, banging on the floors, banging on the walls. It can disturb your peace. And it can definitely disturb your sleep. Loud music, arguing. Uh, a target was telling me the other week, the, the lady upstairs just bangs, 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 bangs. All night, just bangs, bangs, bangs. And I just think that's the stupidest part of the targeting because you're disturbing your own peace. You're disturbing the people in your house. You're disturbing the other people around us too. But they do it. And I just think that's so ignorant. So you're really staying up all night to bang. But then, too, I think some of it could be noise machines as well. I was thinking about that, too, because I, I do know one target, It um, she would be terrified because it would sound like someone was banging on her house. And I told her that could possibly be a noise machine. I mean, I don't know. But, you know, I think they use that kind of stuff, too. What's What's a noise machine? Um, you know... If you've ever come to my call when I do the do the games and I play, I, I, I um, when someone has something wrong, uh, uh, give a wrong answer when we play our games, I'll push this little button and it'll go wah wah wah. You you know that? Or, okay. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, like they sell them in the toy section, and it, it'll be like a honking horn. It has animal sounds. It has all kind of sounds. Um, gotcha. I think now that's a toy. But I do believe that those same type of machines exist on a larger level that have different sounds. I hear you. Yeah, it's, uh, I get the campaign, the noise campaign. It's always it's been an issue for many years where they, for me, it's the dragon of the furniture across the ground. And then they, then they, go, they go on with the drilling and the, and the uh, hammering and, and whatnot. Yeah, the apartment they can maximize. They can they can multi they can multi uh, noise campaign you because you got people all around you, left, right, up, down. You know, there's a back hallways, there's stairway ways. They they can they, there's so many ways that they can get you when you're in a in an apartment. So it's like a multi 
targeting situation living in a, in an apartment. But uh, yeah, they uh, they do the noise campaign on me. That's one of their. I, anyway, I get it all. I get the noise. I get the uh, gang stalking. I get the electronic harassment. I get the, you know, the physiological attacks with the lungs and whatnot. And they do my vocal cords when I'm doing my singing and stuff like that. So yeah, I get it all. But uh, a large part of it is the noise campaign, the banging and the shouting. I, I don't know if it's all related to the targeting. Maybe some people just live in their dysfunctional lives. But I know that uh, when I hear the furniture uh, dragging across the floor and whatnot, I, I know it's the targeting. You know, they do it in, uh, late at night or early in the morning at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., or in, you know, evening sometimes. But it's, it's pretty well consistent. That's part of my targeting that they use. Mm-hmm. Um, wait a minute. Responding to this text. Um, another part with the with the um, noise campaign, they want to startle you. If you constantly, uh, if you're a person that constantly gets startled, you will uh, more than likely suffer suffer PTSD, which most targets do anyway. Um, but that can really make you paranoid. To, to constantly be startled. So that's part of the reasons why I believe they do the banging and the, all of that stuff to try to catch you off guard and startle you. Yeah, I hear you. But um, just due to my military situation and lots of training exercises, there's a lot of, they, they lose. There's a lot of loud noise. There's artillery sometimes. There's tanks. There's machine guns, especially war games when I used to uh, do the war games. There's so much noise that um, I, you just become accustomed. And how do I deal with it? I just, I just deal, I just deal with it like bad gas. You know, it comes up, it's gone, and that's it. You know, it's, it's. I don't give it much attention. I just, I just live my life. I don't, I don't. The more you center on, the more you center on it, the more um, how, the more power you give it. So I, I just, I just, um, you know, you can't ignore it because your your ears function, but you can disempower it by not centering on, not focusing on on it, not making it your the apex of your day, you know, because they're always gonna noise campaign me. So it seems. So if I take time out of my life and day to focus on these flippin' wretches. That just defeats me of my joy, so I guess that's one of the objectives. But, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. Thank you. Anyone else? Always campaigns, anything about Mother's Day, about your mom, about what it's like to be a mom, or if you wanted to be a mom but you never became one, anything. Anything. All right. Well, if you guys don't have anything to say, then we will go. we will not be here for the next two weeks. So the next call will be the first Sunday in January. Up oh, January. Did I say January? In June. Sorry. Starts with a J. <laughs> first Sunday in June is when we will have the next call. Okay? So I'm going to let you guys go, and I'm going to get ready to go and enjoy my Mother's Day. So thank you all, and have Happy a great Mother's Day to all the mothers. And uh, miss your call, I will miss your conference calls, but I will adapt to it by using <laughs> practicing kung fu or something. Oh, <laughs> so have, have a good holiday. Yeah, thank you. The uh, the archives are there, so you guys can always go back and listen to any of the calls, you know, from the past. 
But let the same Motown, there's nothing like the real singing, so. I know, I know. And you were at most of those calls anyway, so it will be like listening to, you know, something you've already heard. But but they are well, there. Okay. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a blessed next couple of weeks. Thank you. Right. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.